Welcome to the AT. Oh, we got to record. Fuck. No, we're recording. We're good. Ah! What is going on, guys? I am Paul Ryan, your host of the ATB Fantasy Show. This show is part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to my regular listeners, welcome back. Uh, with me tonight is a very special guest, senior writer and ranker for the Dynasty League football, writer for Rotoballer, and intercontinental champion of Dynasty. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bruce Matson to the broadcast. Bruce, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat up some football today and a lot of other stuff. Um, it's always a good time jumping on these podcasts, especially during rookie draft season, because there's always a lot to talk about off season. There's a lot of things to speculate on, storylines to go after, and it's just a good time to chat it up. But also, oh, thank you for letting me on here. No, hey, I, I can't thank you enough for joining me. And we were talking uh, prior to hitting the record button, Bruce, but I was just saying, you know, you're talking about rookies, man. That's how, how I stumbled up upon your your page, and I've really uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot from you, man. That's awesome. That's good to hear. That's great because I'm glad I'm helping people out. Yeah, well, Bruce, before we get into our discussion tonight, let the people know they can find you on Twitter. Um, you can catch me on all my social media handles at Metric Scout. Definitely there at Twitter. Uh, I got TikTok as well, Instagram, just about anywhere um, at Metric Scout. That's where you'll find me. Yes, sir. So I mentioned that you you work with uh, Dynasty League Football and Rotoballer. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? So I've been with Dynasty League Football probably since 2015 or so, maybe a little longer. I feel like it's been like a long time now, maybe like six years, maybe. I'm kind of a veteran. Um, I do a lot there. I do rankings. That's the Dynasty, Devi. I write Devi. I write Dynasty. I've even done some DFS there before. I do a little bit of everything. I do a lot of content mainly focused around rookie drafts. That's probably my specialty is the market around rookie drafts, evaluating those rookies. I do Devi along the side with that because Devi incorporates into that dynasty I'm very good with because I'm good with reading the markets and stuff. I've been doing it forever, so it just comes naturally for me. But I do a lot with that. I do some stuff on their YouTube channel. I've been on there a little bit. And uh, I do a lot with that. Roto Baller, they are my second side I work with. I, I do some pieces for them over the offseason, and I do some work with them also during the season. You'll catch me on their YouTube as well, sometimes their TikTok channel. But all in all, I, I do a couple series throughout the regular season for them, mainly redraft. Yeah. Now you're working with a couple of heavy hitters in the fantasy industry, sir. Yeah, so I work with a, a lot of great guys at DLF. There, it's it's a great place to be. A lot of good guys. Ryan McDowell's awesome. He's <laughs> been like a mentor for me when I first started, helping me out a lot. Um, he's real chill dude. He's real chill. I met him a couple times at the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton. Real, real cool, real nice, very personable. If you ever get the chance to meet him, just walk up and say hi. He'll, he'll talk to you for a little bit. He'll, he'll talk to just about anybody. And the owners at DLF, those guys are unsung heroes in the space because they do yeah. a lot of work. They do a lot of stuff. 
And I feel like they need a lot of credit too because uh, they, they really keep this ball rolling and really a big, big factor in the whole dynasty industry that many people don't think of, but they, they are some heavy hitters as well. Yeah, you know, those guys behind the scenes that don't get enough credit, man, it's always nice to give them a shout-out, so that's cool to be mm-hmm. you know. You know, you mentioned Ryan McDowell. What is it like working with the with the godfather of Dynasty? Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. He's very smart, um, very intricate. He's had, He's been around the game longer than me and uh, has a, a good base of – what's going on he's never too far this way too far that way and honestly when it comes to talking with him doing business with him doing content with him it, it there, there's never anything bad he's a, he's a great guy you know you mentioned that you started working with the elephant 2015 is that about uh when you started creating content or you know how long have you been a content creator Technically, probably 2013, 2012, okay. 2014. I've been been doing it for a while. I started off like when I graduated college. I was not good at like writing and stuff. I, I could barely do an Excel sheet. I graduated with a bachelor's in um, micro macroeconomic theory, but I, I couldn't do Excel that well. Wasn't really great at writing, and that I felt like that was hindering me from jumping up the ladder in in the corporate space so i just started writing and the only thing that i was really into was fantasy football so i remember i had this little ipad mini and i'd write articles on that i didn't even think to use a computer at the time which took forever and they were horrible and then i was on twitter and the reason why i was on twitter was pretty much the troll analysts from like the big places so i would troll them like pete prisco and guys like that and i'd troll them and then i don't know what happened but i got with these two sites they're really really small fantasy sites that that are no longer there wrote a few articles with them and then i have a friend he's actually my best friend he writes for a newspaper but i didn't know at the time he was writing for some other website for some side money it was called the Toro Times. It's part of the fan sided network. And he came out of blue and asked me if I wanted to write with him because he, he, I had a lot of fantasy football knowledge at the time. I said, yeah, cool, I can do that. And he, and he said he edited it and everything. So I started doing that. I did that for a few months. He transitioned out of that, and I went to another fantasy site over on the fan sided page. Did that for a few months, and then DLF came calling for me because my goal there was to pump out so much content that in the dynasty space that I was beating out everybody else. That way I could get noticed, worked a little bit, and then they came, and rest was history. Hey, man, the grind never stops, and it clearly it shows, and it clearly worked out for you, man. Yeah, thank you. So I know I guess you kind of touched on it there, but uh, your love for fantasy – and I know you were wanting to get, you know, climb the ladder in the corporate space. Is that what led to you becoming a content creator? Yeah, I actually create content in the corporate space now, actually, but more on the employee level side. So, like, uh, I work for an online retailer, and okay. I do I write articles for for training purposes, and I do videos and stuff for them as well, and um, mainly for like their call centers and other places in in their facilities and i use they use my content to to train with they they watch the videos uh, to learn training stuff hr stuff news uh, all kinds of stuff like that 
So it kind of like developed in that part because I've worked at different different jobs and stuff since then, mm-hmm. since I started. Interesting, man. So that sounds kind of cool. Have you ever run into anybody who's like, hey, I watched a training video on you and you you were teaching me some things about the job I currently have? Nah, not yet. I haven't ran into anybody from that space. I've, I've mentioned it a few times and people have been training or people like onboarding uh, meetings or whatnot and talk talked about that and some people have latched on to some of the content from there just because they were interested but not from previously being at one one piece of my content going to the other without me pushing in there i got you so you know we're talking about content here i know you do you do video and you, you mentioned writing as well is there do you have a favorite type of content i like it all i get a lot of validation just through the process like I don't really care about follower counts or followers or whatnot. I, I just really love the process. But right yeah. now, when it, when I look at the content, I feel like the video space is something I'm just trying to tackle and conquer. And I feel like there's so much more development right now that that I, I could just get better at and really grow into. There, there's just so much untapped potential. I feel like I'm just right at my infancy in my development. And there's so much more to learn, so much more things to upgrade. And I feel like once I start getting more of those things fine-tuned, I think the sky's the limit on that part. I feel like writing, I've been doing it for so long, there's only so much more upside to to go with that. It's fun. I love it. I keep doing it, and I I probably always will. But I always like a new challenge, and I'm always going to go towards a new challenge. And one day, there'll be another challenge, and I'll say that's my favorite at that time. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It feels like every content has their place. Cause I think written content you, you can enjoy audio is has its place as well. And then video it's, it's so quick to consume. And then plus you can learn so much in a short span of time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, uh, you know, I know you're doing a lot of rookie rookie content right now, but what kind of content can people expect from your YouTube channel after the drop? Yeah, I've been really developing a plan for that right now. I don't want to, just go off the the rip with it. I really want to be focused on it. So what I'm going to be doing is pretty much try and go player by player, short videos covering each one in their landing spot, probably do a macro of the class as well. And then through that, I'm going to try and create storylines from the players in their new spots. Like this quarterback pair with this wide receiver, it's going to equal this, and this is why you need to buy I've had a few videos like that last year. They hit pretty well, and uh-huh. I've going to double and triple down on that this summer. Um, just just see if I can strike gold again because right after the draft, that I had a little boom in um, in viewership. So imagine if I just double down, triple down. I imagine I'm going to go go off on that. So my goal is to really just hit it more on a micro standpoint on these players. Like the wide receivers, instead of covering the whole class, I'm gonna go one by one, one, one by one by one. Just hit that up. All the running backs, quarterbacks, just on a micro standpoint, just, just, just throw out a lot of content on the daily. Yeah, I mean, I think the other day I was I was at the house and I watched about three or four of your your videos, learning about learning about certain players. And uh, I think the one that might've gotten me the most happy was Zamir White, because there's not a lot of people. I mean, until recently, a lot of people really uh, liking him, but you know, since the combine and everything, he started to rise up the draft board, but that made me happy Mm -hmm. because he's been uh, on one of my Debbie rosters for going on three years now. 
Yeah, I liked Zamir White. I know we're going to be talking some slept-on players, but, yeah, he's one of my favorite running backs in this class. Yes, sir. Well, you know, let's get into it. Is there a rookie that is being overhyped in your eyes? I think it's Rashad White, running back from Arizona State. Oh, and don't say that. A lot of people like him, and it's yeah. not that he's a bad player. It's not that he's uh, got anything really red flagish in his profile. He's getting drafted in the first round of a lot of mock drafts. I did a mock draft mm-hmm. yesterday, went in the first round. I, I do hundreds of mock drafts, and I, I just try to keep doing it. It gives me a good feel of the market. He's being drafted in the first round. And then I'm seeing people from big draft, like Matt Williamson, formerly from ESPN, talk about him, talking about how he's talked about people. And he's worried about him actually falling in the draft. I've heard, seen okay. some other people mention that as well, falling like round four, round five. And I'm oh, worried wow. about the draft capital. I'm not worried uh-huh. about him as a player. And they're profiling him more as a good backup, which if he gets the opportunity as a good backup, that, that means he could be a good player for you in fantasy either way. But if we're spending first-round rookie picks on him, and yeah. these guys, they're more focused on the actual draft thing where we're more focused on fantasy, what they can do once they get the role and all that stuff. Um, we got to adjust to that. And if people are actually driving their teams now, they may be spending way too much for them. So there's a, there's a red caution light right there right now with Rashad White. I, as a player, as a prospect, I like, him. I think he's good. I like running backs who catch the ball in the backfield. I like what he can do in open space. I like his approach to the line of scrimmage. I think he's shifty. I, I like the stuff in his game, but if he's going to fall that far and drive, not get the draft capital and be valued as a first rounder, that that kind of gives me some caution. Yeah, you know, one one knock I've heard about him is he, he's already pretty long in the tooth, if you will. I believe he's what close to twenty four years old already. Yeah, yeah, he's right now twenty three. Probably be twenty four during the season. So yeah. that's one thing. Uh, Matt Williamson actually, one of the last podcasts I listened to mentioned that as well as one of the big red flags on his profile and that's hard to ignore when usually when it comes to rookie running backs age isn't that huge for me except for like how much i'm paying for him if i'm paying a lot for him high end first round rookie draft capital then that's an issue for me second third fourth round rookie draft capital I'm, I'm I'm all right. That that's free. Uh, like those those picks, they got like ten percent less of a hit rate anyway. If he falls in the draft, like say if he falls in around four or five, and he falls in rookie drafts, I'm probably going to be buying those dips. I'll probably be more likely to buy dips on him than anything else. I hear. You know, speaking of dips, uh, Bruce, is there a player, a rookie that you feel is being slept on? Uh, we just talked about him. I feel like Zamir White. I feel like Zamir okay. White should be in. Uh, the conversation for first round rookie pick cat um, territory. I think he's going to get decent draft capital. I think he's going to be drafted in day two. I don't know that, but I think so. I think NFL teams are going to scout the helmet. They're going to pay the Georgia tax. He's got a good profile coming out of high school, had those two major knee surgeries, but still looks good on the field. Did really well at the combine. He won the combine and he did good enough to where like dynasty gamers are really not pumping him up the ranks as high as they should because he has really good size adjusted speed. But uh, the other running backs, you're talking about the Kenneth Walkers, you're talking about the Brees Halls, they did so well that it kind of overshadowed him. So you're still being able to catch him at a discount. I'm also seeing him in mock drafts fall to the third round 
which I oh, wow. think that's too cheap. That's way yeah. too cheap. He should not be going out of the second round. I don't believe he should even fall past the 205 range, but I see him go to 208 sometimes, 211, somewhere around there. I, think, I feel like that's way too cheap. I feel like he should be flirting around 204, 201, Sometimes get caught up in the 112 area just just because he's a running back that's going to get you some draft capital. He's got a little bit of Nick Chubb in his game. I don't mm-hmm. want to say that, say a Georgia player with a Georgia player, but they, they got some similar attributes. I feel like Zamir White, even though he's got a little bump in his value, I feel like he's still being slept on. I feel like he should be considered consensusly in a top five running back in this class more instead of this ancillary running back that people are scared of. Yeah, one thing about Zamir White is people were worried about those knees. Like you mentioned, they were also worried about his speed, which I believe he ran a sub-4-5, which kind of shocked some people. And then uh, he, he showed off those pass-catching skills, which I think kind of uh, really cemented his his hopeful day two cap, draft capital. Yeah, when it comes to pass-catching skills, one thing I look for is like when I'm watching tape and stuff that they just don't have brick hands. Like Andre Williams, who got drafted to – the Giants, who had a ton of drops when he was back in Boston College. Not one of those guys. But one thing I really like to look at is long speed, burst, size. Because if you got a quarterback that's checking it down, you got some burst, you got some speed, you're uh, going to eat up some yards. And if you have a couple yards. catches like that, you got a couple chunkers in there, then yeah. that quarterback's going to check it down to you again. And then if you keep right. doing it, then you'll keep getting those opportunities. That's one way you can get it. Uh, it's not just the production. Production's nice and all, but there's other factors that could allow you to get those opportunities. So do you see Zimmer White as a potential, you know, workhorse three down back, or do you still view him as, as somewhat of a two down grinder who has the ability to catch? I, I see both. I see both. I see the potential of being a workhorse back. I feel like there's plenty of tread left on the tires. Even yeah. after the knee surgeries, he, he just showed you that he can be athletic. He's got pop in his step and that, he can get it done. I feel like in the right situation, I feel like he's going to start off as a two down grinder. I feel like he's going to get what ladder second round, probably third round ish draft capital. If we're being realistic, maybe a little later, we don't know, but uh, I feel like he's going to be drafting in a range where he's going to have to compete for touches, but eventually something's going to happen with the depth chart where he'll get the opportunity to be a workhorse. He has more than enough talent to be that. And if he gets the opportunity and he does does well, he could be one of the top running backs in this class. Absolutely. You know, I know we still have some time here, Bruce, and I'm not sure how many one-ones you have in your in your dynasty leagues this year. But let's just say if you do have the one-one, do you do you have a guy who who, who is your one-one as of today? And is he proof format proof? Um let's see, one QB, it's definitely Brees Hall all the way. Like, one, he's already being garnered as a top five running back in dynasty yeah. startups. Uh-huh. A lot of people are talking him up like that. I want that value. And then in Superflex, right now, just, just by engaging the, the overall board, a lot of people are mixed between Malik Willis and Brees Hall. I'm just kind of more focused on Brees Hall right now, but I feel like the quarterback spot that from an economic standpoint, it's hard to go against Malik Willis right now in Superflex too. I I like him a lot. I feel like if he hits, he's going to give you upside. If things aren't looking good with him, you could flip him and still not lose much return on your investment. So I feel like he's pretty safe as long as you're 
pretty aware of what's going on with him. But I feel like Brees Hall is the safe player at the top part of this draft this year. I hear you. So well, let me ask you this. If you're a contender, let's say in a super flex, super flex league, what, what would your strategy be if you had pick 112? Pick 112. I've done a lot of super flex mock drafts. What I'm seeing back there is there's sometimes a wide receiver that falls like a Jamison Williams or maybe like I've had a Kenneth Walker fall that far before. I don't think after the combine that's not happening anymore, but that was right. pre-combine. Yeah. Um, George Pickens. Yeah, sometimes the quarterback falls. This this market has been very leery of the quarterback class, which I understand. So you may get a, like a Matt Coral, a Kenny Pickett. You may get some value there. You may want to, one of the other quarterbacks who may land in a more desirable situation that got drafted in the second round, maybe like a Desmond Ritter or something. Uh, there's a lot there at 112, a lot of possibilities. If anyone's drafting there in Superflex, I'd say sit on that pick and wait, and you're either going to get a wide receiver that's going to fall to you. More than likely, a running back won't fall because they're going to get that draft capital. The good ones are going to get bumped up, but you're going to get one of the other wide receivers from the first round get get fallen to you, probably like a Chris Olave, maybe a Jamison Williams, one of those guys. And then you're probably going to get maybe a quarterback that you could just draft, hold on to, and maybe trade and flip later. Or at the 112, one of those guys fall to you. You may be able to trade out, maybe get a 2023 first or something if somebody wants that player. Is there, you know, of course, being realistic, but if let's just say somebody knocked on your door, one in that 112, and they're willing to trade an already established NFL, let's just say wide receiver, is there a wide receiver you, you, you look to target with that 112 straight up in a deal? Ooh, I haven't really looked on this. Um, yeah, it really depends on how much they're willing to pay. I'm not, I'd be looking to package up for what I want. So if I had the 112, and if I could somehow get 112, a little something more, and this person's thirsty for Jameson Williams, Chris Lave's in a good spot. They want that quarterback because they, they they value quarterbacks. I'll add 112, and I'm probably going to try and get somebody like DJ Moore or something. I'm gonna, I may add another oh, okay. prospect wow. off my roster or something. I want to package up and try gotcha. and get a player like that. I wouldn't want to go one for one because I may not get the value that I want. Another thing I'd probably be looking for is next year's picks in the 2023 draft as well. Would another you, player. Trade... No, sorry. I was going to say, would you trade um... – Michael Thomas or 112 for Michael Thomas straight up. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably keep the 112. I I like oh, wow. Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd keep that 112. I think I could get whatever's there and hold it for a bit. And I would there there'd be no chance of a depreciation of value unless mm-hmm. that player really did something horrible like off the field or never gotcha. played a snap. I feel like I can hold on to that, and I may be able to buy Michael Thomas with that player later, or I may hit big, or I'll I'll just sell off. But I feel like I, I got a, like about a 12-month window with that player that I know there's not going to be a depreciation, that they're going to hold steady, and I feel good about that. All right, one, one more. Would you trade 112 for Amari Cooper straight up? Yeah, it's, if I'm at the 112 and I'm there because I'm a competitor, yes. Yes, definitely. Okay, I got you. Sorry to go off the show sheet. Didn't mean, didn't mean to trick you up there, sir. That's all right. That's all good. That's all good. I like that stuff.
So uh, if you have two players ranked similarly, as you know, it's draft day, you're on the clock and you have two players ranked similarly, does draft capital situation or skill set break the tie when you draft the player, Bruce? Um, if they're ranked similarly, um, skill set will, will automatically have them ranked differently. Whoever's more skillful in my eyes um, would probably have the bump. However, draft capital and situation is very important, especially for like quarterbacks. Because you can see yeah. like a team run down a quarterback. So if there's a, a quarterback that I feel like it's a little bit lesser, maybe a little bit lesser draft capital, but not by much, maybe like a few picks or something like that. But yeah. they have good wide receivers around. Like say Kenny Pickett lands in the Steelers. I'm going to be a little bit more interested in him as he got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and all that in right. terms of if he lands with the Saints – that team's got some cap issues that they try to figure out to get around every year, but eventually that's going to catch them. I mean, we, we like the Cowboys. We know what the cap's like. So um, eventually the cap's going to catch up with them. So situation's going to um, matter a lot with, with players like that. Running backs, draft capitals, big time. I don't want a guy falling past day two. Mm-hmm. Um, higher end um, day two is good. Um, first round's all right. Um, but if they're back in first round, I kind of mix them in with the high end day two guys who get drafted early in the second round. Um, also situations important with that, but talent mainly like I'll take all like Jonathan Taylor was always ahead of Clyde Edwards Alaire for me. That was almost like a no brainer there from what I thought from the rip. Um, Deandre Swift as well. Players like that. Um, that instance, Clyde Edwards Alaire was, the first running back draft in that draft, but just from a pure talent standpoint, size, adjusted speed, burst, long speed, ability to catch the ball in the backfield, which you can do with the ball after you catch it. I had those players ranked ahead of them. So really depends. I like the paint and broad strokes when I look in the into these rookies. Um, initially, talent above everything, and then right. draft capital and situation – is kind of filtered in with that, and especially position. Wide receivers, talent above everything. Um, even these first-round wide receivers that I like, I'm probably not going to move much from them depending on where they go. It, as long as they don't fall to the sixth round, like a Hakeem Butler <laughs> style, yeah. I'm probably yeah. not going to move much from them. I'm probably going to keep them where they're at. That that's I'm probably going to hold very steady with them. I don't even – think i even need to see where they get drafted it's probably not going to change much for me i got you right, i'm going to put you to the test here bruce and i want to know who would you take and i'm going to present you a uh, a scenario here and i want i want to know which player you're going to choose here so in this scenario we have malik willis gets drafted in round one by the seattle seahawks and Traylon burks gets drafted in round one by the green bay packers who would you take we're talking about super flex right um I, you know, or I just, didn't specify format, but we'll just say we'll say Superflex. If it's Superflex, I'm going Malik Willis just due to the the quarterback 101 value situation here from a market value perspective. I feel like with him holding that, I got that value for the next 12 to 18 months to see what happens if I get a Jalen Hurts situation. Yeah. 
Bruce, we're having some technical issues, sir. I believe on your side, my friend. Bruce, can you hear me? You. Hey. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. We were having some technical issues. Uh, for those who, who were with us and those joining the, joining the broadcast, uh, I was presenting Bruce with a uh, kind of a draft day scenario here. So we're going to start from there. What I asked Bruce, so Bruce, I'm asking you, obviously, but uh, who would you take in this scenario? Malik Willis gets drafted in round one by the Seattle Seahawks. And Traylon Burks gets drafted in round one by the Green Bay Packers. Who would you take? And I know last time, you know, I didn't preface it by saying Superflex, but let's just say in a one QB league and also in, in Superflex. How about that? All right. So Superflex, I'm taking Malik Willis. A lot of people are chatting him up as the 101 in this draft for Superflex between yeah. him and Brees Hall. And I feel like that value is pretty high up there where you can't ignore it. And I feel like a lot of people are going to increase his stock once we get past draft day. I feel like his stock's just going to go up once more people start jumping on that bandwagon. So, Superflex, I'm going Malik Willis, 1QB. You're talking Traylon Burks to the Packers, right? Yes, sir. I would definitely be on Traylon Burks to, to the Packers easy. I'd be one of my top wide receivers in that scenario, if not the wide receiver one, just depending on what all happens. But, yeah, I'd be all over Traylon Burks. He'd be easily – 103 or higher, 102 in one QB leagues. I think he'd be right there with Brees Hall. Um, Brees Hall would still probably be the 101 due to the scarcity of the running back position. But from a wide receiver standpoint, I'd have him easily over Malik Willis. So, well, you know, I'm curious. Do you have a uh, – is there a perfect destination for Malik Willis for you in real life and in fantasy? Been looking at a lot of mock drafts from big media. And one of my favorite destinations for him, and I think I talked about this for another player or something earlier, uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh okay. would be a dream spot, I believe, for me because just just the weapons there. You already got Najee yeah. Harris. You got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, and they're all young. He's going to develop with them. That's only just going to help him smooth out the the process we got offensive line issues but that's something that can be patched up later plus he's mobile they got these ancillary jabroni veterans that they got there for him to, to play behind a little bit so he can transition and learn the game i feel like that's a good spot for him um i feel like there's not too many bad spots for him just due to his skill set but i feel like having multiple good pieces in the offense is good for all the quarterbacks. I feel like that's the, the one of the best spots for any quarterback in this draft to go to. I hear you. So, you know, I'll, I'll present you with another scenario here. Let's say you're, you're in a super flex startup, right? And you have to choose between one of these three quarterbacks. Who are you going to choose? Dak Prescott, Malik Willis, or Trey Lance? I'm going to go Dak Prescott. One, I don't have to worry about him losing his job down the line. I feel like he's very safe. I want some stability if I'm paying for this player. I, the upside, we've seen that upside before. Right before he injured his knee, he was rocking and ro- – I mean his leg. He, he was rocking and rolling that year. We lost Amari Cooper. I, I get that. We have CeeDee Lamb there. They're going to make some additions eventually to help him out. It, 
this this offense is just going to patch itself up over the long term. And with this transition period, that doesn't mean there can't be fantasy production. This might be uh, an opportunity for maybe some garbage time opportunities. We know Zeke's not getting any younger. We got Trey Pollard there. But uh, I feel like it, it's safe because I don't know what Malik Willis is going to do when he gets to the NFL. He's not the perfect prospect. He's got a lot of rough edges. And if we want to talk about Trey Lance, I'm very interested in his prospect profile. If I want to jump into a speculated ass, a speculative asset that could go to the moon for me, like like a Bitcoin or something like that, I would pay for a Trey Lance. I would go after that. But I also want some safety, some security. I feel like Dak can give me that, especially for the long term. Hey, can't argue with you there. So, Bruce, I'm, I'm going to present you with a uh, another scenario. This is kind of a little personal. Uh, this is I'm going to say I'm in my own situation, and I'm looking for some outside perspective. And I'm, you know, uh-huh. I'm curious as to what you would do here. Okay. So okay. I'm in a I'm in a W league. It's a one QB. We start eleven. We also of the eleven, we have a kicker and a defense. So um, you know we're a little old school in this league. I have the one okay. one, and most of the big rookie names are already taken. I'm desperate for a wide receiver one. Uh, and, and in this format, we start three wide receivers every week. Uh, right okay. now, Kenneth, Kenneth Walker and Jameson Williams are available. I'm strong at running back, or at least I think so. I have Cam Makers, Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, and Zamir White. Okay? Mm-hmm. But my starting wide receivers would be my, – my wide receivers, worth noting, my, my probable starters are going to be OBJ, Hollywood Brown, and either Corey Davis and Rondell Moore on any given week. I have a mm-hmm. potential trade on the table, and I would trade one one, and I would receive Traylon Burks and potentially pick two three or something else, though, probably of my choosing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is you is your draft after the draft? Yes. I would stick with the one hundred one. This is super flex or one QB. One QB. One QB. I would I would stick with the one hundred one. I think Brees Hall is pretty much locked into that. I feel like there's a chance he gets drafted in the first round, actually. And if that does happen, that's going to pump up that 101 value. And... No, he's already he's already on somebody's roster. Oh. Because it's a Debbie League, yes. Okay, okay, okay. I missed that part. Okay. No, no, you're good. Okay, Traylon Burks, 203, 101 is what? Jamison Williams and Kenneth Walker then, right? Yeah, probably Kenneth Walker, I would honestly, because you can never have too many running backs, right? Right. Um, and you got the 203. How slim is the player pool for that second-round pick? Um, it's probably very slim, right? It's pretty slim, but, you know, I could probably maybe sneak by and get a Jahan Dotson, maybe get a uh, – trying to think, maybe get a Jahan Dotson. Because George Pickens, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, those three guys, Traylon Burks, all those guys are gone. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, Jameson Williams is there, but – uh, I hate drafting for need, but I, at the same time, I feel like with this wide receiver class, grabbing one of these guys is going to pay dividends in the future, you know? Yeah, I feel like Jamison Williams, it, he's in a spot where he's going to be drafting the first round, and he has this skill set to where he could hit, and he could hit just as high as any of the top guys in this class. He has that good yeah, speed, four three speed, very explosive, gets downfield, very right. crafty. I feel like He's very underrated in that way where he falls in the latter part of the first round rookie drafts where really he could be the surprise of the wide receiver group. Um, the value-wise, Traylon Burks versus Traylon Burks plus something else for him. 
I, I think that's good value, especially this exactly. back half of the first round starting to get juicier. We got the Packers right. needing wide receivers. We got the Chiefs needing wide receivers. Yes. And that's getting a little juicier too. We know Burks isn't considered a top wide receiver in the class, which is kind of a good thing for us, which means right. he's going to be drafted in the middle, the back half of the first round where these good teams need a wide receiver at. We mm-hmm. know we know Garrett Wilson isn't going there. We know he's getting drafted high. We know Drake London's more than likely getting drafted high. Who's probably going to go there? Probably either Jamison Williams or Traylon Burks. But Traylon Burks has got some opportunities for that. We're seeing him get mocked to a lot of teams back there, like to the Bills and stuff like that. Also, like if you can get a guy like Jahan Dotson, if he's projected to be there in that range of the 203, he's a wide receiver that could also go in the first round. Another wide receiver that could get picked up by the Packers or by one of these top-tier teams because they're going to be shelling picks just to rebuild at the wide receiver spot. So he could be another guy that, that gets bumped up there. And a lot of people are mocking him in the first round. So getting two first round wide receivers over one might yeah. be a better option for you. Yeah. A lot of it's a tough decision for sure, because I, if, if I could possibly turn one, one to Traylon Burks and to Jamison Williams, I mean, that would be a big win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, you know, here we are, you know, I, I hate to question you, Bruce, cause you're a nice guy. But this next seg- this uh, next segment is called uh, "Explain Yourself," and here I'm going to uh-huh. ask you about a, a tweet, a take, or a ranking that I don't necessarily disagree with, but I feel like needs a little bit explaining. And this is okay. from uh, this was inspired by one of your recent videos, and it okay. was your mock your your uh, superflex mocks your superflex mock draft a uh, rookie mock draft, and you know I, I don't hate it, but I'm just surprised because this guy's fallen down the ranks quite a bit. I'm curious, uh-huh. what about Kyron Williams? Do you like to take him at 2-5. Five. At 2-5? Um, well, wh- which mock draft is it? Because these are other people drafting in it. So okay, someone... so this was – I feel like this was your own – you did your own mock draft. This wasn't like somebody – this wasn't Mel Kuyper's. Uh-huh. I know you did a video on his. Uh-huh. And I know – did you do um, uh, somebody else's uh, recently as well? Uh, the I do like all the big analysts. On the, on the rookie drafts, those are um, – those are people drafting in them, and I'm usually in it with them. So, oh, okay. So this was yeah. this wasn't you. Like the, you didn't pick all these players. Like this wasn't nah. something you did yourself. I got you. Okay, so yeah. that's why I was confused. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll get on sleeper and I'll just post it on Twitter and be, like, "Hey guys, let's draft. We'll run up a draft oh, real okay, quick, okay. or we'll do some uh, drafts on DLF, and I'll take those up, or um, we'll get some off on MFL too, and uh, I'll just." take some of some of those i'm always mock drafting and it's it's good easy content to do people seem to right. like it but uh kyron williams um what's your take on him on for uh dynasty value are you up on him or down on him so i i discovered him ironically i was doing my debbie draft last summer and um i was in the third round and i was looking for a guy so i go and i was using um Campus to Canton, I believe their their uh, their debut rankings, and I mm-hmm. saw this guy Kyron Williams running back Notre Dame. He was ranked pretty high, but he was still available. And I was making sure I'm like, well, you know, what's going on? Why is this guy still available? So I went ahead and drafted him because it was in the third round. I was like, you know, what do I have to lose? And so mm-hmm. after I did that, I started. Um, I remember tweeting out saying, "What can the debut guys talk tell me about Kyron Williams?" And some of them were saying how they really liked him, that he was kind of smallish. But they were worried mm-hmm. about his size at the next level, so I kind of kept an eye on him, and I like his pass pass catching ability. He had, you know, on film it looked like he he had some breakaway speed. Of course, 
here comes the combine. We, we found out differently. He's not as athletic as, as anybody would hope, but um, I just, I kind of thought he was like a, uh, an Austin Eckler light almost, or maybe like a Neheim Hines type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just really watching the values on him because what we saw from the combine, that, that was very scary. Um, there's not analytically, there's not many running backs at his size with that 40 time that's hit. However, there is some things in his prospect profile, like like his blocking ability. He he'll smash dudes. He he's probably one of the best pass blockers, even though he's not the biggest guy in in the class. And then his ability to roll out there and catch his balls out of the flat. I, there's a chance NFL teams will still value that. There's still a chance he gets day two draft capital, high end day three draft capital. Um, I'm really watching the tea leaves on that. Um, when it comes to his rookie job value, it like I would take Zamir White over him. Like yeah. I feel like there's going to be some other running backs that are going to splash up in draft capital that I'm just trying to guess who's going to do that. Maybe like a Brian Robinson or something. I'm hearing big draft guys from like the Dallas Cowboy Draft Show or uh, Matt Williamson talk about guys like him from the bigger programs that people aren't talking about as much that could bump up in draft capital. Tyler Algier didn't do as expected. The combine, he could bump up in draft capital. I'm just seeing where draft capital-wise, where he fits in. The NFL is really going to tell us what to do with him. So if he falls in the draft, then evidently, I, sorry, Kyron, but yeah. if he gets drafted high and it's a decent spot, um, from what I've seen skill set-wise before the combine, I'm still in on it. I'm just not going to pay up. Uh, it just really depends. I got some of my guys there in the second round, like a Justin Ross. I like a Wandell Robinson. I like some of those guys. I don't want to miss out on them. I'm pretty sure they'll get decent draft capital. Maybe not Justin Ross because of that, that back issue, but we'll see how that goes. But um, really just hitting my spots with him on that. But I, I kind of said the probably similar things. Uh, very Austin Eckler – esque in his abilities so i actually kind of like him it's just the value standpoint is just keeping an eye on it so is, is there a, a situation like which team would you like to see Kyron williams land on for for fantasy purposes off the top of my head and i imagine i'm going to say this for a lot of teams and maybe because we were talking about austin eckler because i really haven't thought about it much uh fit wise Maybe because I just don't see him really starting off right away as a rookie anyways. Maybe the Chargers, just good offense, a lot, lot of things sure. there. Austin Eckler's not getting younger. Maybe he needs to go to a role like that where he has to earn his stripes there a bit. And that that running back that's there who's getting older just starts to decline a little bit and he starts working his way in starts working in those ancillary touches that they've been needing a, a second running back to help Eckler and a running back that's kind of comparable that that can block that's a good spot for him and then eventually move his way up at top of my head that sounds good that sounds like a safe spot that uh, if anything that sounds like that's a really good spot that's a spot where like you wouldn't be down if you went to like say one of the top running backs went there you wouldn't really like that too much because you want them to have opportunity early. We're not right. expecting him now with what he did at the combine to have opportunity early. So if he goes to a place like that with a 
good offense where he can move himself up the depth chart a little bit, that could be a good good spot for him. Actually, be very sneaky. I would like him to go to a sneaky spot like that, but I imagine you get a little pumping value. But I, I think something like that as well. Maybe Arizona. Maybe Arizona with Kyler Murray. They're always adding weapons to the offense. That could be a de- decent spot. Um, they, James Conner just got re-signed. Edmonds is gone. Um, you know, Benjamin, very similar prospect profile to Kyron Williams. I don't know if you remember this, but he was considered one of the top Debbie running backs when he was in college, went through the draft. I, if I remember his athletic specs didn't match and he kind of fell in the draft, but, uh, that, that could be a good spot for him as well. That, if anything, that this shows that they were able to look at a similar type of running back. So that could be an interesting location for him. Yeah, I agree. I like the Arizona landing spot. That'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're going to tell me if, I'm, if I have a take here. I want you to tell me if I'm crazy or calculated, sir. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Crazy or calculated, even with the loss of Devontae Adams – Aaron Rodgers will still be a top 12 quarterback in 2022. I think that's very calculated. I feel like they're going to oh, wow. okay. add some weapons here. I think they're going to go strong on the draft. I think Rodgers, he, when, when Adams is out, when he's playing and chips are down, it, he does throw a lot of YOLO balls, a lot of air yards coming out of that arm when he's throwing it and he's chucking it. Um, when it comes to back end QB one range, that that 12, 11, 10, yeah, that th- there's always an opportunity for that. The difference between that and QB fifteen is not that much. Right, his efficiency, his accuracy, has a tiny bit of mobility, and if he hits on something in the draft, say he does get a Traylon Burke, say he gets a Jamison Williams, say he gets um, a couple wide receivers, and they both do well. Say Mario Rogers does something. Uh-huh. It, it may not matter that much. And there, there's there's always a good chance for a talent like him, a veteran who's always been skillful, to hit that back-end portion of the QB1 ranks. Uh, QB12, 11, 10, that's definitely in the cards for him. It, is it an easy bet? No. I mean, 15, 14. I, I mean, I can't really see him being like a QB24, QB22 either. Um, right. QB15 isn't far from 12. And if you you can be a QB 15, then why can't you be 12, 11, 10 from that perspective? I hear you. Well, you know, Bruce, we're wrapping things up here, man. I can't thank you enough for joining me. Uh, before we get you out of here, though, let the people know where, whether we can find any and all of your work. Um, you can find my written content, my rankings, Devi and Dynasty over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. You can also catch some articles over at Rotoballer.com. Twitter handle is Metric Scout. All my other social media handles is that metric scout youtube channel if you search bruce mattson you'll find it or just go to my twitter i got got links up there all the time just click one of those you'll find it make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the episodes because they're coming out hot every day but that's all i got content wise coming out hey guys i'm paul ryan you can find me on twitter at paul underscore ryan 15 we appreciate you joining us and i will see you guys next week